Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We're talking about domestic violence and how to prevent it. We were inspired to do this show because of the murders of a Vancouver mother and her daughter, Michelle Melendez and seven-year-old Layla. Their alleged killer had been accused of a previous domestic violence incident and violating a no-contact order with Michelle. We ran out of time on this week's Straight Talk, so we wanted to continue the conversation here for just a few minutes with Vancouver Police Sergeant Tanya Wolstein, Michelle Bart, president and founder of the National Women's Coalition Against Violence and Exploitation, Republican Washington State Senator Linda Wilson, and Democratic Washington State Representative Sharon Wiley. Thanks for joining us for this bonus episode <laughs> on this really important topic. And we just touched on this in the Straight Talk episode earlier about bail. So I want to dig into that a little bit more. Prosecutors in the Tiffany Hill case want a bail set for her abuser at $2 million. The judge set bail at $250,000 five days later he was out free and then she was murdered. In this recent case, when Warren was arrested for shooting Michelle's apartment, the judge set bail at 100,000. Michelle, I know you're passionate about this issue. What do you want to see change? I want to see that uh, judges understand that it's their courtroom and they should be able to make other recommendations. I've seen judges veto a decision from a jury. So why can't they say, is that all you're going to ask for? Are you going to ask for the uh, mon uh, electronic monitoring? Or I think, no, I'm going to set the bail higher. You know, he, he's, he's charged with trying to shoot Miche, and only a couple days later, he succeeded in that. So there has to be a way that we can protect the victims because the victims sometimes can't speak for themselves in cases like this. And, and I, I just truly believe that somehow or another, something has to, something has to, uh, we have to get this right. Too many lives depend on it. Representative Wiley, I know this is something you've thought a lot about, the bail issue. It's complicated. Um, it would require a constitutional amendment to change. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, bail um, for a long time was seen as um, just something to get people to show up, you know, and it and it and it was applied inequitably, um, and was unfair to to people that were poor on minor offenses. So there's been a, a a real quandary, and we have a constitution that is very has some very explicit language about that. Plus, the legislature and the judicial branch are two separate branches of government, and there are limits uh, to what we can do. I still think we can make some progress. I still think that we can, uh, we can require information and training. Um, and Senator Wilson and I, I think, are going to be working on that um, <laughs> for the next session. Uh, but we, ha we have to make bail also a tool to keep people from harming other people. And the electronic monitoring, um, its uh, technology has, has brought us a lot of tools and I think this is one of them and we need to make very sure that it's used when it is appropriate. Well, Senator, let's talk more about the electronic monitoring that was made possible by your law that you got passed, the Tiffany Hill law. It wasn't being used in very many counties. We, you were on last summer, and KGW did a survey of all the counties in Washington, 39 counties, only half responded. And of those that responded, only one, Clark County, was using that technology. But, but has that changed since then? Well, not a lot. So we've got a few being used in uh, King County, 
but um, the vendor situation where they have not done near the uh, homework and the preparation that Clark County has. And I refer to Clark County as the gold standard. They have done absolutely everything the right way. And anybody that wants to use it, I will send them to Clark County. So when they talk about model standards, with even with legislation, I'll say go to Clark County because it is very important that it is that there is specific protocols that can be used so that it all works and so that uh, there isn't a one-off and something happens and then the whole thing gets a bad name. So we're very concerned about that part. And you got some money, a lot of funding to help. Yes, well, I did get the two million because nobody was using it. You have to be using the program in order to use the money. So I actually got it reappropriated this year and then part of that money now can go toward the uh, administration of courts that now can push out and actually do outreach to get the uh, more information out to the judges and the prosecutors so that they know that this is available. Sergeant mm -hmm. Wolstein, uh, the, the senator was saying that Clark County is the gold standard, but here we've had mm -hmm. three high-profile murders involving domestic violence, even though Clark County is the gold standard. What, what are your thoughts about that? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's a difficult situation. Um, I think that a lot of people think of the justice system as police, um, who are probably the most forward-facing, and I think that as as the police and as the courts, we're working together, and I, I do believe that um, we have an amazing partnership with our judges, with our uh, court personnel, with Brian, who was on our, uh, earlier. Uh, every single uh, police department, sheriff's office, every law enforcement agency was involved. Every prosecutor's office was involved. Every uh, judge was educated. And then we went back because we needed to do a little bit of re-education because it wasn't happening a whole lot and re-educated everyone again. And in fact, we'll be going out to Skamania County who's now implementing a program. So we're excited about the fact that this is catching on, not we wish the speed was better mm -hmm. um, and we wish more people were using it with a with a law enforcement component to it because I do believe that that is an important protection component for the for the victim um, in these cases but uh, it it has to be ordered and it has to be implemented in order for this to actually protect and save lives are you optimistic that with this tragedy that things will get better for future cases I, I am optimistic. I, I feel like we have people here that care, people here that um, showed up to the vigil, uh, and the, there was, you know, uh, many people that had no personal connection that showed up. This is an mm -hmm. issue that affects so much of society. This is an issue that affects society in ways that I think people don't even connect. Um, we have two thirds of mass shootings are uh, domestic violence related. So either the offender has a history of domestic violence or this was a domestic violence act. And so this is an issue for all of society. And I believe that people are starting to see that and are starting to, to understand that we, we cannot have what we refer to as a tombstone statute where we're waiting for someone to be murdered and then naming a bill after them because we didn't take action before. It shouldn't have to take a, a homicide of a mom and a child in order for, for the legislation to go through. <laughs> I mean, we know that these are very dangerous situations and I'm, I feel like I'm very passionate. Um, these women are very passionate and many, many people in the community are very passionate. So I'm very hopeful that you're not in your progress. head, Michelle. Do you want to add to that? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, 
you know, our slogan is, we have a dream, a world without violence. And we all have to work together. You know, we're a coalition. It takes all of us meeting in the middle, agreeing to disagree, but getting it right because lives matter. And ultimately, with this particular case, um, you know, media matters. And we will continue to use the media every opportunity we get without re-victimizing the victims or exploiting the situation, but in order for us to see justice prevail. Because uh, right now, they can pass as many laws as they want. But if they're not being implemented on the soil in which the abusers are perpetrating on our victims, then it, their work is not being counted and their work is not helping save a life. And so we all have to work together and ultimately at the end of the day, the victims need to be seen and heard uh, and those they leave, those they leave behind. Um, and sadly, but it comes down to a courthouse. Mm -hmm. And that's when we pull in their laws to protect the next victim. And if we're not doing that, then our work is not being, uh, being uh, respected. And it's not just up to victims, advocates, law enforcement, legislators, right? Representative Wiley, it, it's all, it, of, it's us. all, it's of, all us. of us. How can people get involved? I think that uh, my dream is to have no wrong person to tell where everybody who encounters um, disturbing violence in, an, in, in somebody's family knows there's a line for that. It's not your fault. You shouldn't put up with that. There is some place you can go that's safe. Yep. Um, I care about you. I'm not going to give up on you. Um, the, we, we need to say, be able, have anybody able to say those words mm -hmm. when, that, when that moment comes? And then to realize that um, they may have to say them more than once mm -hmm. for that to make a difference in somebody's life. Um, but if we make uh, domestic violence just unacceptable, and we all can talk about it intelligently and knowledgeably, and we know that there's resources, um, I think that takes away some of the isolation that a person feels. Senator Wilson, I want to give you a, a final thought. Uh, close us out here. Well, I think she's um, all of us are right, right? There's so many different aspects of domestic violence, and uh, I see that. I see it all the time. I'm, I'm listening to Representative Wiley and, and uh, thinking of Tiffany when, uh, you know, you've got to have hope, like you've said, and you've got to have the ability to um, know that someone has your back. And I think that's what happened with Tiffany was when she finally decided to let someone know that there was issues and not keeping it all inside and trying to deal with it herself, that that's when she started getting help. And of course, that's part of the reason why Keelan, it set him off because that happens. A domestic mm -hmm. uh, protection order power. alone can set them off. And so I think that's why in the, originally when I uh, put Tiffany Hill, uh, Tiffany Hill bill together, um, that I wanted the judges to have the ability to order that so that they didn't have to request it so it wasn't on them because that is enough to set them off. So, um, but we are continuing to work on this and I, I, have, I mean, I had several bills this year that would have addressed some of this and it's, it doesn't happen overnight. It took me three years to get Tiffany's Hill built, uh, to get built out and, and signed. So, but, but it is an ongoing 
process. Well, we wish you the best of luck. I hope you'll come back and tell us when you, you're able to get those passed. We'll continue to follow this critical issue. As we uh, close this out, I want to give you some phone numbers, resources available. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, you just want to report something, you have questions, please call one of these numbers. I want to thank our guests. We have Representative Sharon Wiley, State Senator Linda Wilson, Sergeant Tanya Wolstein and Michelle Bart for joining us here for this bonus episode of Straight Talk. And thank you for watching and listening to our podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a great week.